Smads, Single Moms and Dads. Um, we are really excited to bring you this episode of Single Dad, Why You Mad for two reasons. Uh, first, because it's an interview with a man who wanted to and was purposeful about being a father and a single dad. The second is because he touches upon a subject that I have personally taken up, which is do we, and by we, I mean all of us, but especially all the single mothers out there. Do we really want to co-parent? And by that, I mean, are we okay with compromise? Do we just want to either complain about the fact that our co-parents fall short and we really just want them to provide financial support and take the kids off our hands sometimes? Let's just think of an example. Like, let's just say your co-parent is a vegan and you are not. Would you continue to give the child meat? There's a thousand other examples like that. But the real question is, are you truly willing to compromise with your co-parent? Our guest, David Watkins, speaks to his feelings on compromise. I loved it, and we hope you enjoy it. I called Mars because I wanted him to be called Mars. Mars is going to go to the school that I want him to go to. He is going to have a bedtime routine that I decide upon. He is going to have a view of this world that I choose to share with him. So it's, it's, it's all about him, his, him being my kid and not having to share him with someone else that you know I don't love or don't agree with. So it's, it's incredibly liberating. Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? So, um, welcome back to another episode of Single Dad, Why You Mad? And it is 5 p.m. here in the good old U.S. of A., New York City. Clark is in Connecticut. But we have a guest with us who is where exactly? I'm in Southampton in um, England. Southampton, England. Okay. Yeah. How far so Southampton is on the side Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, it's um, about uh, oh, 60, 69 miles from southwest of London. So it would take, um, you know, on the train, you could get that one hour, 15 minutes on the train. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, and you have Southampton is where the Titanic sets sail from. Oh, that's right. Southampton is where the Titanic sets off from. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Or where the Titanic set off. Set sail from, yeah. Set sail <laughs> from, yeah. Okay. And you have how many children? I have one boy, 11-week-old boy called Miles. One 11-a-week-old boy called Miles, M-I-L-E-S? Yes. Correct. Guess what? My what? son's name is Miles also. Miles, no way. come here. Miles, come here. <laughs> All right, you coming? All right, come here. Here. I want you to hello, say hello, Miles. Say hello. Hi. Hello, I'm David. My son is called Miles too. Isn't that strange? He said it's a great name. Miles it's also. it's a great name. Okay, and his name is David also, just like Daddy's name, right? No way. Yes. You see that? Okay. What there must doing? be some affinity oh, with those two oh, names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're playing with what? Hot Wheels ID Smart Track. Say it one more time. Hot Wheels ID Smart Track. Hot Wheels ID Smart Track. So I got him a Hot Wheels track for Christmas, or was it your birthday? You uh, got for Christmas. I got it for Christmas, okay. And on this track, he you, you buy the Hot Wheels cars, and you can load them in this portal, and then it scans right. into the phone, and then you can race with them on the phone as well as you race with them around the track. Uh, okay. Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah, so he that's loves cool. it. That's cool. Takes a lot is of he, um, 
Do you play that too? Or is that, is that just for Miles? Is that for Daddy as well? Um, that's for Daddy and Miles. <laughs> and Daddy, I bet it is. Do you have races against Daddy? Do you, do you race Daddy? Uh, yeah, but sometimes I lose. Sometimes. That's okay. I, I bet it, and not as frequently as Daddy would have hoped. <laughs> Miles, what happens when Daddy loses? Is he gone? I win. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I win. <laughs> He's like, I win. Pretty okay. simple. All right. So Daddy's got to finish this call. You're going to go in the other room and you're going to be good, right? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So is Miles M-I-L-E-S with you or that is correct. M-I-L-E-S. That is correct. There um, is only one correct. Yeah. Line. Like Miles Davis. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So the reason I called him in, right, is because it's still five o'clock here. Um, but your boy is in the bed already. Well, my boy is with his grandparents tonight because um, it's just easier that way. So I can, you know, I can talk to you and give you all my attention without worrying about what he's doing. But he he should be in, in bed by now. But when they're 11 weeks, you know, it's really it's where, where, whenever they want for me, right. okay. it's whenever they want to nap. 11. So if, he's, if he wants to nap right now and go to bed, that's fine. If he's going to be up and giggling around or whatever he's doing, that's fine. But there will be a point, maybe in about an hour, where the adults will all be in bed and he will have to be in Figure bed too. <laughs> okay, 11 weeks, I forgot. All right, so yes, we have a special guest here all the way from um, Southampton, London, uh, David Watkins. David Southampton, Watkins. England. Sorry, Southampton. London is, is like a different place. <laughs> okay, all right. So, right, because you said, you said it's what, right, roughly an hour away on the train, uh, maybe about 50. 60 yeah, about hour fifteen on the train to London. So yeah. I mean, but I mean, for American concept of distance is like to an English person is crazy because, you know, our country is what the size of California, like right. the UK. So for me, like an hour and a half, an hour and a quarter on the train, maybe it's like a longer journey than you would consider. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to it, and by that I mean, you know, we have been looking. Um, so a while ago, we had. Um, a woman on who did a conversation with us called Single Parent by Choice, right? She wrote a book, Single Parent by Choice. Her story was really about um, her wanting to have children and knowing, and knowing that her time was limited in having children because she had some medical issues going on and she couldn't find somebody to have a child with. So she you know, decided to do not in vitro, but uh, whatever the other thing is. And, you know, she went through a couple of different steps and then finally she was able to conceive. And then finally she was able to conceive another. And uh, I think she's got one more left in the bank that she paid for. So she might then go get another. But we've been wanting to do that from the male's perspective, right? A lot of people that I know of, I don't know, you know, what the culture is like out there um, where you are. But a lot of the people that I know of, especially women, do not understand or do not believe or do not agree that there is a male biological clock and that men want to have children also. Men feel the need to have children also. And not just the need to have children and not care for them and not be with them, but to need to have children and raise them. Yeah, we have really low expectations for, for men as caregivers in our society, don't we? In both our societies, very low. It's really not something that we afford to the male role. We just don't, you know, it's, it's sad really. But um, unfortunately that's just, you know, we see that women, the society holds women up as primary caregivers. And if you're, an, if you're a man that wants to be a primary caregiver or a father, you're, you know, you're seen as abnormal in some ways. 
So any of the men that, you know, choose to be uh, single dads are really pioneers, in my opinion, because um, it's really breaking uh, the expectations that society has on men as far as far as father figures. Um, so I didn't choose to be a single dad. Clark, you didn't choose to be a single dad. But why don't you ask him the founding question, Clark? Yeah. So whenever we have guests on, David, we, we, we ask a foundational question, which was a question we asked of ourselves as, as we began this journey of the Single Dad Why You Mad podcast. And that question is, how the fuck did you get here? Which, with the best of intentions, uh, you know, how did you end up as a single father? So the, the short answer to that is I, um, I, you know, I chose to be a single father. I, want, I wanted to do it on my own. Um, I did not want to, I mean, ultimately, I wanted to be a father for many, many, many years. But at various points in my life, things were happening, jobs were happening, situations were going on, I was at a certain place. And it may just not have been conducive to doing the fathering journey at that point. But I never really found somebody that I could team up with to do it. It was always at the back of my mind that I would have to prioritize my need to be a dad over and above that search for a partner to do it with. And uh, so that's what I did. I focused all my energy into figuring out how I could be as a single person, how I could actuate that desire to be a father. I didn't need anyone else to make it happen. I was going to do it myself. And um, there were many routes into it at the time. Um, and in the end, um, I did it through surrogacy. It's like this new wave of, of guys coming out and doing this wonderful thing and making families their way without having to compromise. You don't have to compromise anymore. You can have your child. You can be a dad. You don't have to compromise with anyone to do it. It's like this complete self-actualization that we've never had the ability to. Women have been able to do it for decades. Right. They, can, they can get a sperm donor. It's never been open to single men before. So it's a massive cultural shift that we're seeing in this country. Um, and previously before people went abroad to do it, but it's, it's huge. It's, um, yeah, it's really exciting. Tell me what you mean when you say you don't have to compromise. <clears throat> so as a gay man, one of the paths to parenthood for me would be co-parenting. So I did attempt a co-parenting relationship that didn't work, that um, we did achieve a pregnancy that we, and we lost the baby. And we did not decide to continue with that relationship, but it did give me a glimpse into what it, would be like to have to compromise with someone that um, we did not form a, uni a loving union between ourselves. We came together to be parents to this child. And that is fraught with all sorts of misunderstanding and miscommunication and two different agendas really, isn't it? So um, even, even in that co-parenting relationship from a very early point prior to um, pregnancy and, and during the pregnancy, I was already giving myself in, in, in ways and in, in doses that I wasn't, it was, it was draining me. You know, I was compromising on so many things that I never thought I'd have to compromise on, you know, even down to what, what is this child going to be called? How are we going to raise it? What kind of school is it going to go to? Where, where are we going to live with the child? You know, all these things, I suddenly, I mean, call me naive that I would go into a relationship like this and not consider these things. But all of a sudden I was being pulled apart, you know, and, and having to negotiate with somebody who I wasn't in love with um, for the sake of a child. So you don't have to do that anymore. You can raise a child your way now as a single man. You don't have to compromise what you want for your child. You don't have to give in to someone else's 
view of how a child should be raised. You can do it without compromise. So that's what I mean when I say now that co-parenting isn't the only option for a biological child because there's obviously adoption and fostering you can do in this country as a single man. But now there's another option for a biological connection with your baby. You, you do it 100% your way. No, I, I called Mars because I wanted him to be called Mars. Mars is going to go to the school that I want him to go to. He is going to have a bedtime routine that I decide upon. He is going to have a view of this world that I choose to share with him. So it's, it's, it's all about him, his, him being my kid and not having to share him with someone else that you know, I don't love or don't agree with. So it's, it's incredibly liberating. So it sounds an awful, like, an awful lot like divorce without the kid showing up yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah. so you say you were sharing or you felt like you were giving to somebody that you weren't in love with. Was this a woman? That you would that you would do yeah it, it was so, a co-parenting so, so, <laughs> not only were you sharing and giving to somebody that you weren't even in love with but probably somebody you weren't even attracted to that's well yes um i mean no, it was very i suppose well, i say formal is the wrong word really because we were very very good friends we were very incredibly good friends but we we didn't anticipate the gravity that having a child would bring on our relationship you know there's been best mates since university and there's having a child together and they're two completely different situations so we both came from a point of desperation you know we were both desperate for children and it hadn't happened in our lives that we'd met somebody who could take us there but we just came together through that but um it was doing that having that experience where i i realized like you know if i was to have a kid i would have to have complete control uh I could, you know, I couldn't bear the thought of someone else putting my child to bed, for instance, or waking my child up. You know, it was very important that I put my child to sleep. I wake my child up in the morning. I read the child a story. I get my child ready for school. You know, it was it was really crucial that I had those key influences in the day for my for my baby. But when I, but as a as a gay man at that time, I had no option to do anything but compromise with somebody else over that. You know, I wasn't allowed to use surrogacy to create a biological child. Co-parenting at that time was my only way forward. But when I came out of that relationship, I vowed that I would never get back into a co-parenting relationship. And it, and it just so happened that, you know, that happened in 2016. In 2017, 2018, I was really looking into surrogacy as a way forward. And I realized that it wasn't open to me in the UK. But on the horizon was this legal challenge. And so I really fell into a sweet spot whereby I could see the law was going to change. And I used that time to plan how I was going to find a surrogate. And so when 2019 hit, I was in prime position to go out there. I'd registered with all these surrogacy organizations that would only accept me as a member until that law had changed. 2019 came around, January the 2nd, I think it was. And I'm, I'm into the organizations. They let me become a member I was top of the waiting list because I've been waiting for three years and I was good to go and I just went out there and I started my search so it was I was it really came along for me at the right time I had that negative experience with co-parenting I'm still good friends with that 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 woman today you know we've resolved a lot of things but it was just that fear of not being in control when I say a bad experience I went through that and learned from it and I and it moved me towards surrogacy and I just had landed in a 
particular spot in time whereby I could I could take advantage of that law. Okay, I'm going to challenge you, right? Um, I challenge everybody, um, no matter what the story is they have, no matter what we're talking about. I challenge everybody, right? Do you think um, that there is a need to have another influence besides just yourself on a child? Don't you think or that it would be good for the balance of that child to have the influence from somebody else than just yourself, a woman, anybody else? That 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 is something I ask myself all the time, and I and I don't I genuinely don't have the answer to that. I I don't know. I had an incredibly loving mother, an incredibly loving father, and I got from them very very different things, and I can't imagine not having that. So it's very difficult for me to say that I think straight away absolutely that a, you know a child doesn't it doesn't matter what a child has doesn't matter what roles are in a child's life. Um, it's, it's, it's at your love that counts. It's very difficult for me to go there because of my experience. So I did wrestle with the guilt that I had around Miles not having a mother. But that is what I was given. This is who I am, okay? He's got me. Um, I'm enough for him. And I will do everything I can to make his life the best life it can be and that he will thrive. He is absolutely loved. He was brought into this world through careful planning and preparation. He's my dream. I cherish him. He will never not be the most important thing in my life. He will always know that he is loved. That is more important than who is loving him, I think. It's got to be that they know that they're wanted and they know that they're loved. That is the top for me. Will he miss out on things because he doesn't have a female role model or, or a mother figure? What is the mother figure anyway? What does mother mean? Uh, it, you know, it's, is it, is there something that I can't provide that a woman could? I don't, I don't know. I don't have answers to those questions. I mean, is there something that I can't provide that having another person here, like two people could? It, it is, is a woman better than um, having another man? Is having another man better than having no man? You know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, well, I, I, can only, I can only give him who, who I am and, and that's got to be enough because if I'm, if I'm not enough, then what am I even doing here anyway? Like, what is the point of me even living if I acknowledge that I'm not enough? You know, no, I'm enough. Of, of course I'm enough. Uh, I've been saying that all my life. I mean, I had that beaten out of me when I was 13 years old that I wasn't enough. You know, I've, I, I've, I've gotten past that. I've accepted oh, I am enough. So yeah, he, he. This is this is where the cards lay. He doesn't have a mother, but you know I'll do my damnness to make sure he's got what he needs. Uh, you can pick it apart. Like, I mean, what is one mother? This mother, that mother, this father, that father, these two guys, that guy. I mean, who's to say? Well, you know, every mother is the same anyway. It's just a moniker that we use, isn't it, to define our society? But it doesn't really mean anything. It's it's that person. He's got that person. She's got those people, you know? So, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, so, as you say that, he's, you know, we all have people, right? And, and the love of, the particular love and the direct love and, and the strong and powerful love that you obviously have for your kid. 
you know, what does the support system look like? What, because I, I often say it, it takes a village. You know, even if, even if I look at it from, you know, not just parenting, but just a life standpoint, right? Like, you know, you, you, any guy who's ever come to me and said, hey, you know, I'm a self-made man and I've done it by myself and, you know, I, I pull myself up by my bootstraps and I climb from the bottom to the top all alone, I go, bullshit, like somebody helps you along the way. Um, if they pointed you in the right direction, they gave you, you know, a couple of crumbs off of their loaf of bread, what have you, like people put, put effort and time into us and support. What does your support system look like? So you mentioned you, you had your parents are still alive. Yeah. I mean, they, they are absolutely my, I mean, I, you know, that without their support, I could not have um, done this journey. There's just no way um they uh have been there emotionally for me they've um helped me when times have been tough financially uh and they are you know i'm giving them a, a grandson you know it, it, it's like it's not just about me being a dad but it's about them being grandparents as well so yeah i mean we have very very good relationship i do sometimes think you know what if i didn't have them could i do this on my own i mean i'm i'm pretty much you know main caregiver 24 7 I get one night off a week. He's an 11 week old baby. I have severe sleep deprivation, uh, but I'm managing it. You know, I mean, there are times when I, I am literally just like walking around the house with a crying baby, not knowing like how to stop him crying, sit down, try this, go in, go in the bouncy chair. Let's do some tummy time. It's like, right. What's next? What's next? Okay. He's done that. Jangle some toys and bells. Right. What's next? What's that milk? What's next? It's like that all day. It is me and him. There is no one else coming in to do it. There is no one coming through the door at five or six o'clock. I don't have to hand him over to anyone. I don't get a break. Uh, it's, it's hardcore, but it's, it's, it's everything that I've ever wanted. You know, it's like the hardest thing you can ever do, but the, the most worthwhile thing that could ever be done. Um, but if I didn't have that one night off, like to look forward to, Right. Climbing on the horizon. I don't know. Would I? Yeah, of course. I'd, 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 we'd survive. I'd get, I'd get through it. But, um, you know, have, having that there is really, is really important. But I do know other guys who don't have that support network, and you know, you, you don't love. I always think like love is never divided. It's never shared between things. It's multiplied. You know, so it's not like I have a finite amount of love that I can give him that he just sort of weasels away. And takes from me and takes from me it's just it's on constant supply you know it's it's all for him you know, he makes me stressed angry cross whatever crying i've got no sleep i just love him more you know i just give i just stare into those eyes and go i'm going to give you more of this you know so it's like it for me it just multiplies it um but it's it's hard you know being a single dad by choice is not easy it's hard but it's it's kind of what i feel like i was put here to do like I was, my life kind of was just not going anywhere before Miles came along. It was just like this grind, kind of nine to five, going to work and doing some things I thought, you know, I enjoyed and going to the gym to try and have a body that then I could then destroy by eating crap and then going back to the gym again and eating crap and going back to the gym and this like, you know, being on a treadmill, like a physical treadmill, but also like an emotional treadmill every day going to work to get money to spend on things that I wanted or thought I wanted, but didn't need. Um, stop. Purpose. Stop. 
Like, what purpose. are you really a purpose? I didn't have Mars. Right. Mars became that, and so he saved me. You know, he really saved me from myself. I think, um, and I, I would do it all in a. I would do it again in a heartbeat if if I if I knew that I didn't have any support. I'd do it again, but uh, yeah. It does. I, I see what you mean. It does take a village. It really does. But you can also do it on your own. Like I would, I would say to men, like you can do it. No, I, I was just about to say. So it's very interesting how you how you lay it out. Like the idea of him saving you, because I, I often yeah. say I often say the same thing about my kids. And like when I have the conversations with people about relationships, and you know, people looking at men in their lives and going, well. If I do this, that, or third, he'll change. And I say, well, men change for causes bigger than themselves. Yeah. And fatherhood for a lot of men is that cause. Like, I, I've seen guys who were you know, complete dirt bags, essentially, you know, become less dirt, less dirt baggy because they are now fathers. And they realize that there is something that is dependent on them, something that they need to defend, protect, and raise and develop. And it's also because they've been conditioned to believe that fatherhood is not innate, that it's something that's foisted upon you, that it's something that you have to get to grips with, that you have to come to terms with. It's not something that you would choose, that it's something you have to bring outside of yourself. But, it, but I think, you know, we need to be teaching our boys actually being, being a father and being, that is something that's always, always with us. You know, and it is something that can be easily reached for. It doesn't have to be a struggle. It doesn't have to be something that is full of resentment and obligation. But something that can come from a place of pure love, you know, and from an earlier age. So, I mean, that's what I want to teach Mars. I mean, Mars will always know that he, you know, like he made me <laughs> as much as I made him. There wasn't a day when it wasn't going to just be us two. That was always part of the plan. Um what difference would having another figure, another role model make, you know? I don't know. He'll, uh, I'm going to learn from him. He'll tell me. I'll ask him in 15 years' time, did you, you know, how do you feel about not having a mum? Did it fuck you up? He'll tell me. So we're going to stop it there, but please be sure to tune in to the second half of our interview with David Watkins. Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why 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 you mad?